Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. We are at episode 77, Your Emotional Unavailability. Some of you listening might be thinking, Claire, I'm totally emotionally available. It's the guys I'm attracting who are emotionally unavailable. I call bullshit (laughs) in the most loving way, tough loving Irish way. I did this for so long, you guys. If you've been following me for a while, you know my rock bottom heartbreak story. If you don't, tune into episode five, my heartbreak story, which really was the darkest time of my life nine years ago. And I went on a journey searching, 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 trying all the different healing modalities, desperate to heal, desperate to feel better, and ultimately desperate to find my person. And even though the men who I dated post that rock bottom relationship were a huge up level compared to him, which really isn't saying much because he was a bona fide narcissistic sociopath, I still was attracting unavailable men. They were good guys, kind guys, sweet guys, charming guys for the most part, but they were noncommittal. I really had to do the deeper digging to investigate where am I being noncommittal, not just to my dating life, but to myself. And I've shared this numerous times on the podcast. I was noncommittal with my career in acting. I was even noncommittal for the first few years. I was a life coach. I was noncommittal with my health habits. I was very noncommittal with my finances. Everything was winging it all over the place. So of course I was also noncommittal in my dating life. I also had tons of expectations about my acting career, expectations about men. I talk about this in my last episode, why can't I find the love that I deserve, there was almost like this entitlement that it should just happen for me because I thought I was quote unquote working really hard. And hard work isn't what yields you your results. Y'all know this. If you've been listening for a while, it's your thoughts that yield you your results. Do I consider myself a really hard worker in getting my business to where it is today? Absolutely. Do I think I worked hard to yield myself the result of finding the love of my life? 100%. But the work came from the inspired, aligned thoughts that yielded me the results. The work came from the aligned thoughts that yielded me these results. So I did an episode recently when the work isn't working. It is only because your thoughts are not the right thoughts to yield you the results. Always, always, always. I've pretty much had the same business model for the last two years. I write regularly for Poosh. I podcast every week and I'm constantly on Instagram Follow me at Claire, the Heartbreak Coach. I'm always offering up free content there and serving you guys, sharing all the ahas from my clients and from myself and quotes and all the things. I really haven't changed the how I create clients, right? The action step. But 
where I was two years ago in my business is very different from where I am now in my business because my thinking has expanded. And that expansion has attracted more clients. And that expansion has also inspired new ideas and has up-leveled my coaching. But you know, when new coaches come to me and they say, what are you doing that I'm not? How did you get your business to where it is? Oh, you're lucky. You have Kourtney Kardashian's platform. Bullshit. I have shared this story before and I just was interviewed for Thrive Global. I think I, I mentioned that in the last episode, but they asked me, do you have an interesting story to share about you and how you've grown your business? It was a question, something to that effect. And I shared about how Poosh, Poosh found me, Courtney Kardashian's lifestyle site. If you are not familiar, it's an amazing site. And I have a bunch of articles on heartbreak, dating, and relationships. And we'll put a link in the show notes. I have a link to all the articles that I've written on my website, clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. Also subscribe for your free video, How to Stop Wanting Him Back. I offer three main simple steps. Free, subscribe, and you will get those steps. But I really hit home on how I deepened my belief about who I was as Claire the Heartbreak Coach. and. I really spent time thinking about my position in the heartbreak dating relationship self-help arena and my and my role in that world and how I really see that I'm making a big impact in this area and I really marinated in that and thought felt and behaved as a thought leader and that's when Pooh showed up. Everybody thinks that I like somehow reached out to Courtney and was like, hey, can I write for your site? No. My thoughts created that result. She didn't just magically appear. It made so much sense. And I'm so excited to share. Many of you know, if you've been following me on Instagram again, at Claire the Heartbreak Coach, I just did a coach training with my coach, Stacey Bayman. This was my fourth mastermind, and I'm just blown away by my work with her, blown away by her as a coach. And every time I do a mastermind event, something really exciting happens the following week. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the actress and model Molly Sims, but I used to follow her all the time. And she slid into my DMs and asked me to be a contributor to her website because she had been reading my articles on Poosh and she wants me to contribute on her site, which I'm so excited about. And obviously I'll be sharing those articles in the future. But, you know, I didn't find Molly Sims. She found me because of the work that I'm doing on myself that makes me believe that I am an expert at what I do. And I commit to that all day, every day. And some of you are listening and saying, oh my God, Claire's talking about her business again. But it doesn't matter about the the what I'm talking about. I could be talking about weight loss. I could be talking about growing my business. I could be talking about making money. And I really do see growing your business and making money as two separate entities because look at actors. Actors have their biggest jobs. You could be a recurring guest star on a major show and make a fraction of the money than an actor who works one day on a commercial and that commercial runs up the wazoo. So it's not about money. It's about the the growth in your career. And I could be talking about love and I could be talking about heartbreak, but the bottom line is, are you committing to those thoughts that yield you the result of healing your heart, of stopping wanting Mr. or Miss wrong back, of calling the right love in. Something that Stacy offered today on our mastermind call, so I had a three-day event with her online because we could not gather thanks to COVID, 
but it was still just as powerful and impactful. And today was our first class. And what she offered about when we have a goal, so again, we're, we're coaches building our businesses and we have business goals. Are you willing to spend an infinite amount of time on creating a finite goal? Are you willing to spend an infinite amount of time creating a finite goal? So if you've been, again, listening to me for a while, I always want to make sure I'm taking care of my new listeners. And I love you all, my loyal listeners who who have to hear me repeat, but I want to make sure everyone is clued in. You know, at the beginning of the year, I always think about who December 2020 Claire is. What business goal has she hit? Where is she in her personal life? And so I have a very specific goal. And yes, I have met the love of my life, but I think about like just being in an even more up-leveled place, truly. I just said to my boyfriend the other day, I feel like I fall more and more in love with you every single day. Like it blows my mind. It blows my heart. It is explosive, but it's also grounded and safe and real. And I believe in it and I believe in him and I believe in me as a partner, which, oh, I'm sitting here in my hot as balls apartment right now in Santa Barbara it's extra hot. It's usually a little bit cooler this time of year, but it's extra hot. And I'm getting chills, just so proud of the woman that I became before I attracted him into my life. So we're only in the middle of August. I can't imagine the next level of where he and I are going to be in December, where, where we'll have been dating, you know, a year and a few months. And I know it's it's not even about the time. It really isn't. It's just about like, oh my gosh, I just, we're so committed to sustaining the honeymoon phase for the rest of our lives. What will that look like? What will that feel like? How do I imagine that? How do I commit to always having the giddy feels? It's very new for me to be in love again. He's the first man I've said I love you to in nine years since that rock bottom relationship. So yes, I've dated a lot of men, <laughs> I've also avoided dating for long periods of time. But last year, I just did a post on this. You can check out my solo shot in my blue polka dot dress. I did a whole post on how I intentionally stopped dating last year for five months. At 38 years old, I did not worry about my biological clock ticking or any of that bullshit because I know my thoughts create my results. I know time does not create my results. And I decided to hit pause, not because I needed a break. I'm tired. Guys suck in LA. None of the bullshit, negative, limiting beliefs that sabotage me yielding the result that I want, which I did for so long. But I intentionally went in all in on my business because I decided I wanted to up-level my own life first before I pursued an up-leveled relationship because I saw I kept attracting unavailable men. And I was still committed to my December 2019 goal last year. My December 2019 goal was a specific business goal and meeting the love of my life. But I tabled it a couple of months into the year. Around March, I said, fuck this. It's I'm too scattered. My energy is too spread thin. I'm networking for work. I'm coaching a bunch. I'm self-coaching, building the business, starting to write for Poosh. And I'm going out and I'm dating and my energy is scattered and all over the place. And I was like, sister friend. That's what I said to myself. <laughs> Rain it in, hit pause on dating, go all in, up-level the fuck out of you 
become the most emotionally available woman to yourself. And when you hit that 20 client mark, then pursue dating. And I'm not going to lie. I got real comfortable dating myself and dating my business. (laughs) And I needed to give myself a loving kick in the ass to put myself out there again. And I just committed to becoming the woman who is in her ideal relationship again with my thoughts. But I'll be honest with you. I didn't think about how long it was going to take. And yes, I thought every single day with my morning mindset work, December, 2019, Claire, she's hit this particular goal and she's found the love of her life. And I just thought, felt, and behaved as the woman in her ideal relationship. But I didn't think by the time August rolled around, ooh, you just took five months off. Ooh, you just lost time. Ooh, you probably missed a lot of good ones. No, my thoughts create my results, not time. Anyone listening to this podcast right now, in this present moment, you are 1000% capable of creating the love of your life, but it has to come from you. How committed are you? Are you gonna cut out the bullshit people in your life who are energetically taking up space, who are taking up your time, who aren't serving you, who aren't worthy of you, who aren't deserving of you, and go all in on you? And that's exactly what I did. Now, let's just say I did all of that and December 2019 passes and I didn't meet the love of my life. Do you think I was going to give the fuck up? Hell no. Do you think when someone's trying to lose weight, roll with me, I love this analogy. Let's say she has a goal of I need to lose 20 pounds. This is for someone who legitimately needs to lose weight, not for someone who is moving through an eating disorder. This is for someone who legitimately is 20 pounds overweight. And she sets the goal and she only loses 10 pounds. She doesn't lose 20 pounds by December. Do you think she should just stop because it didn't happen by December? No, I think this is a great point to hit on if I say so myself. We put a deadline so that we go all in and we commit, 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 commit. And if we don't hit that goal, we take a step back and we reevaluate and we look honestly and compassionately and non-judgmentally at what worked, what didn't work, and what I would do differently next time. This is exactly the process that Stacey Bayman has taught me in my business. As I'm growing my business and I, you know, have different ways of creating clients, not through the how, but through my mind, right? I've I've had the same how. I've been writing for Poosh for a year and a half, and I've been podcasting for a year and a half, and I've been consistently posting, but my mindset has expanded dramatically, and therefore my business goals have been hit, and my business grows at an exponentially higher level, but I never changed the, the how, right? And everybody is like, well, I'm doing what you're doing. I post every day. I email my list every day. It's not about what you post. It's not about how many times you post. It's not about how many emails you post. It is about your commitment to your brain being the expert in your own right at whatever it is that you're doing. It's not about how many dates you went on. It is about the mind and how you are showing up. If you're going to have a defeatist mentality every single time, he's not the guy, then you're not in the truest belief that 1,000% he or she is going to show up. Now, it's very natural to wobble in your belief. I'm going to be entering into Stacey's $2 million mastermind. This is her first one. It's a big deal. It's a big step. I'm super proud. I've never created a $2 million business, but at one point I had never created a $200,000 business, right? I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm falling on my face and I'm fucking it up and I pick myself back up and I feel the negative emotion and then I get back up and I reevaluate and I try different things and different approaches and, and never give up. Never 
judge the amount of time. Frustration and negative emotion will totally be a part of the process, but that is my job. Manage my mind in the present of what is coming up with my brain, never ignoring what my brain is saying, never judging what my brain is saying, never resisting, even though, of course, I naturally do because I'm human. But then I meet it where it's at and I use the coaching tools to manage my mind. And then I keep committing to the result that I want to create. And I keep believing in that result. And I keep seeing all the women who are going to buy my course and whose hearts and love lives and therefore entire lives are going to be changed. And I think knowing your why behind why you want to create the result is huge. When I have clients who come to me and they say, I just want to meet my person. Why? I'm lonely. So common and no judgment. I know it sounded like I was making fun of those people. (laughs) If you are one of those people, I'm not making fun. I was one of those people. But is it attractive to you when you think that you're going out with someone and he's like, I just want to meet someone because I'm lonely? No, I want to meet someone who's like, my life is so fucking full and you are welcome to be an added bonus in it. Do you want to hop on? Because I'm into you. If you want to join, great. If you don't, a little bit of a bummer. I'm a human. I'm going to process my negative emotion and I'm going to go find the person who does want to get on board. My boyfriend has the most full life. I have the most full life. It's a little less full now that I'm in Santa Barbara and I've been in a pandemic. So I really have not made or put in any effort to make friends here. And I have every intention to, but one of the most attractive qualities about my boyfriend is that he has the fullest life and he loves his life. And I feel so honored that he wants me to be a part of it, but I'm not like the center of his world. And A, that takes a lot of pressure off of me. And B, good, because I can't be someone's center of the world. I mean, in a way, I know I'm like the center of his heart and his love life and he is mine, but this boss babe has got work to do (laughs) and has passions to pursue and goals to achieve. And I was so fulfilled before he arrived. And I really think he was really fulfilled in his life before I arrived. And then we just enhance each other's lives. That's what I think really and truly is such a gift to your partner. And look, if you're single right now and you're feeling all the lonely feels, lean into the loneliness. Be the partner to yourself that you think you need in order to cure your loneliness. I felt lonely in my relationship and he's the best person I know. He's got a full life. There are times where he is not available and I'm not working and I'm in Santa Barbara and I have no friends except for him. So what do I do? I I acknowledge my loneliness and I lean into it. And some of you are listening and saying, oh, well, yeah, but you still have the love of your life, Claire. So it's easier for you. I spent majority of my 30s, I, again, did not say I love you for nine years. My work was to fall the fuck in love with myself and love my own company before I could find someone who was going to fall the fuck in love with me and enjoy my company, and really want the same things that I want. This is what being emotionally available is before your person arrives. If you are listening and you're thinking, I am not emotionally unavailable, Claire, but you keep attracting emotionally unavailable men, there is something in you that's emotionally unavailable. 
And this came up for a client who is just amazing. I know I say it about all of them, but they really are. She is just such a baller in her life. She commits to the work. She's always reaching out. And it's so clear to me how committed she is to her personal growth. I've worked with her for a long time. She has just soared in her personal and professional life. And she recently got butt hurt by a guy. Actually, he butt hurt her. Do you like the term that I'm using, butt hurt? But it applies here. She chose to walk away and she chose to show up differently. She really wanted to tell him like, hey, this doesn't work for me, right? And she and I have very similar personalities. I have a lot of uh, clients who are a mirror reflection of me in many ways, but she and I are very, very similar in a lot of ways. And I totally relate to her desire to hold her head high and stick it to him where the sun don't shine, but doing it in a classy way so she doesn't look bitter, but she gets to like say her piece. I know there are a lot of you listening out there who can relate. And I, again, am one of them. But I was so proud of her because she showed up differently. And this time she did not stick it to him. And it was weird and uncomfortable, but she just let sleeping dogs lie. And she really understood the growth in that because the future version of her in her ideal relationship really doesn't need to spend time telling emotionally unavailable men that their behavior doesn't work for her. I did this all the time. Now, when I look back on all the dudes that I was like, so just so you know, no, thank you. Like they don't give a fuck. They're on to their next prey. (laughs) So any of you listening, if you want to just shove it to them and stick it where the sun don't shine, Check yourselves. The future version of you in your ideal relationship, which will happen when you commit your brain to creating that result, you have to think, feel, and behave like her. That woman, I'm telling you right now, this woman in her ideal relationship doesn't even respond to the fuckboys that she engaged with, who of course ended up coming out in droves after I met the love of my life. Nope, it's an ignore. I don't need to explain to them, hey, I'm seeing someone now. It's like, I have no interest. But I did actually stop engaging with the fuckboys before the love of my life entered. I chose to not let men fill a void. So this was another way that I stopped being emotionally unavailable. I didn't need to scratch the loneliness itch with men who 100% were not my guy. And some of you are listening and you're thinking, how do I know he's not my guy? guy, your guy or your girl, you're never going to have to guess their interest. Maybe in the beginning, I'll admit in the beginning of my relationship, there were some times, right? He has a very full life. I lived two and a half hours away. It was two and a half hours with traffic between Santa Barbara and LA pre the pandemic. And there were moments where I'm like, oh, I barely heard from him. And the running joke that I have with him now is sometimes he would just like send me a sun emoji randomly in the day and like that would be it. And I'm like, a sun emoji? What the fuck? (laughs) Now we have a good chuckle about it. But for sure in the beginning, you're feeling each other out. You're understanding each other's schedules. So there might be moments, but that's a testament to him because I've never dated a man with a more full plate and I've never felt more taken care of and more loved by a man. I'm I'm not lying, but I know I attracted him because I cleared out the emotionally unavailable men who only wanted to pop up when they fucking felt like it, who were calling me last minute, who would see me say all the intense things and then would disappear again. That's your sign. Or someone recently reached out to me, 
I, you know, you're talking about like, just cut them out if, you know, they're not available or they're not giving you what you want. But what if you know that they're really supposed to be your person? You don't know. He is showing you right then and there that he is not your person unless, I think her words were, but he did a really bad thing, but you still know he's your person. You have a choice. I don't know what the bad thing was, but you have a choice to overlook it and be with him or let him go and not be with him. That's your choice. It's not for me to say. But what I will say is that when I'm working with my clients, I won't take on a client who wants to engage with dudes who are cheating on them and like trying to convince them to come back or him coming in and him coming out. I blatantly say, are you going to cut off contact with this person? Because I want to work with women who are ready to let the unavailable men go and go all in on you. Because it's clear as day and everybody wants to tell me, no, but Claire, you don't understand. Nobody has made me feel the way this man has made me feel. Girl, I've been there. I've done that. I've felt that. I've thought that. All of it. No, it's a no. Why are you calling Claire the heartbreak coach if you think he's the best thing? If you want to go all in and go back and forth with him, you don't need a coach. But if you want to stop the madness and really learn how to be an emotionally available woman, then I'm your woman to call for sure. And it's going to be painful to cut that shit out because it's what you know, because it's what makes you feel comfortable, because it's what your brain has habitually done. I said this to a client the other day who just cut out a Mr. Unavailable. And she said, I feel so much better when you said to me, do you think this man is the father of your children? Because this client of mine definitely wants to have children. She was like, that was the game changer for me. So maybe that'll be the game changer for some of you listening. And the following week, she said, yeah, like really, I feel so much better. I do check to see his location. I know he hangs out at this one place. So I kind of, I go to that page and it's like, I'm, I'm just bored. Like I'm not, I'm not you know, feeling emotional or sad about it. Okay, which is it? So she came a long way. I totally celebrated that she blocked him and, you know, just really that clicked for her. He's definitely not my guy and deleted his number. Great. But she still has this habit, right? Because we're just used to going on Instagram and going to the location and seeing if he's tagged in anything or just seeing if his picture pops up. What is that giving you? It's giving you some kind of satisfaction that doesn't serve you. It's a false sense of relief or satisfaction. So are you willing to feel uncomfortable with not knowing where he is? Are you willing to feel uncomfortable with pretty much assuming he's probably with someone else if he's not with you? I think you should go to that worst case scenario. I just posted on my Instagram the other day. Checking to see if there's another girl in his pics and then not seeing a woman shouldn't make you feel better. He's still choosing to not call you. Even if he's choosing work or his friends, that shouldn't make you feel better. You want to be with the person who wants to be all in with you. And in the little bit of time that he has with you, he chooses you. Wouldn't that be fun? And some of you listening might be thinking, I do want that, but I haven't had that in so long. And I have these feelings for this one guy. And every time I'm with him, I just feel these feelings, Claire. And I just want those feelings. And I try to go out with the quote unquote nice guy, but I don't feel those feelings. Listen, I'm giving you a tough love. Listen with a finger point. You can't see it, but hopefully you can feel it. (laughs) I'm really having so much fun with this episode. It doesn't have to be either or. 
It doesn't have to be that the nice guy is boring and the unavailable guy is the only one who lights up your vagina. Yes, I said it. What if you carved out the space for believing that there's an amazing man who you're attracted to who's going to show up in the way that you deserve? And he's only going to show up when you cut the bullshit out, when you say no to Mr. Unavailable. But an amazing question that this client who I love, who showed up differently and didn't need to stick it to the guy where the sun don't shine. She just asked me this today. She said, you know, I'm really working on my emotional availability because she got really clear with the guy that she does want to find. And she has all these qualities that she desires her partner to have. And we checked off all the boxes. And I was like, is there anything on this list that you think you are not? Because remember, like attracts like. She was hardworking. She's super funny. She's ambitious. She's loyal. She's kind. She's committed. She wants a lifelong partner. She wants to have great chemistry with him. She is affectionate. She's all those things that maybe many of you are listening and saying, yep, yep, me too, me too, me too. She's also very emotionally intelligent. But I think the one thing we agreed on was that there must be something that's missing in her emotional availability because she keeps attracting the emotionally unavailable men. That's your clue. You can say till you're blue in the face, I'm not emotionally unavailable because I've been doing all the work. But when you're attracting emotionally unavailable men, that's how we know that there's something in you that's emotionally unavailable. It's math, not drama. We don't have to get into a fucking tizzy about it and beat ourselves up and get frustrated. It's just your thoughts. And so what came up for my client immediately was, oh, I people please, which I knew this when she was dating this man and it's come up in other ways, but I loved that she automatically said, it's my people pleasing. Even when I was dating him and I really liked him, I was saying yes to things that I really didn't want to say yes to. I didn't want to see him a third night in a row. I really wanted to take care of myself, but I was worried about what he would think. And I wondered if he would go pursue something with someone else. And I didn't want to hurt his feelings. I wanted to take care of his feelings before my feelings. So I thought that that was really interesting. And showing up in other areas of her life too. And so she really wants to take charge of that and work on that and will continue to as she continues to date because she's ready. She's just tweaking some things. And then she followed up with an excellent question. She said, you know, I'm really working on this whole emotional unavailability thing. And at the same time, this guy is still creeping into my brain. I'm almost looking for him when I'm outside and I look at the parking spot that he used to pull into where I would meet him when he would come to my place. And he's just on my brain. And there's still this automatic thought that wants him to show up and apologize and prove himself and make what was wrong right. And I really just want to say to myself, Anne, we're calling her Anne, it's been three weeks. You should be over this by now. That is not being emotionally available to yourself. Does that make sense to you guys? How can you expect someone to be emotionally available and present and kind to you if you're beating yourself up for the thoughts that you're having when you're still hurting over someone three weeks after they left your life? Thinking, I really want you guys to hear this, thinking about someone who's unavailable doesn't make you unavailable. Now, do I want her to manage her mind and download the thoughts and evaluate what's really true, right? 
my brain is saying you want him back. But in the bigger picture, he really displayed being unavailable. So I'm going to manage my mind and commit my brain to thinking thoughts on how I don't want him back. Yes, that's her work. But when she's vulnerable and when she's tired and when she's lonely and when she's feeling, for lack of better words, a little weak on doing the work, I don't like to say weak because I I don't think she's a weak person, but just sometimes, you know, when you're doing this mindset work, it requires energy. So if she's feeling low energy and just a little bit lonely, and look, I'm going to give it to all of you who are in any form of heartbreak, moving through any form of heartbreak in the pandemic, and you're mostly by yourself, of course, you're going to have automatic thoughts longing for the last person you were with who you really liked. You really wanted it to work out. So being kind to yourself and, of course, like talking to yourself, and of course, you're still thinking about him. He was the first person you really fell for after your last long-term relationship. You loved his smell. You loved the physical connection. You loved his presence. You loved his interest in you. You loved what seemed to be emotional availability in the beginning, And now he's gone and it's a bummer. And three weeks is nothing. And if you're still thinking about him three months from now, who cares? You get to think whatever you want to think. You get to long for whoever you get to long for. Being kind to yourself for longing for Mr. Unavailable makes yourself available. What? Beating yourself up for having thoughts of longing even if he's unavailable, is being unavailable to yourself. I hope some brains are breaking right now. Allow the thoughts, my loves. Breathe through them. Watch them with self-compassion. Speak kindly to yourself for having them. That is the first step. And so I've been coaching this woman for a long time, and she said, but how do you know when to say, okay, enough, done? You will be ready You will know, and it will come after you keep being kind to yourself for the thoughts that are creating feelings of heartbreak. But it's definitely not time. And I can't tell you when it is time, but it's usually after having a surrender to what is and being kind to yourself with what is and allowing and feeling. And there's always a softening. There's always a clearing. And then from there, commit to the thoughts. How is it true that I don't want him back? And then maybe you're on a roll and you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't want him. And then maybe you swipe on some more promising people and then you're moving and shaking and then you see the guy. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're back to square one. This is why I always say, Healing heartbreak is not a linear process, my loves. Be kind to yourself for all the thoughts that you think. Watch with compassion. Watch with a non-judgmental perspective. Treat yourself as you would treat your best friend. That is being emotionally available. Say no to the bullshit people who are never going to give you what you want. Stop holding on. Let them go. If they keep coming in, and toying with your emotions and saying they want you and then disappearing or saying they will see you on Friday and then they don't show up, they are not your person. Go show up for yourself. That is how you become emotionally available. And I promise you, that's when the emotionally available person appears. And maybe some of you are listening and saying, I have been doing that. And still, he's not here. She's not here there's still something else. Keep asking yourself, how am I not being available to myself? If I 1000% know that my thoughts create my results, 
There's no question that my thoughts create my results in every area of my life. My thoughts create my results with my health. My thoughts create my results with my money. My thoughts create my results with my family relationships. My thoughts create my results with my friendships. My thoughts create my results with my home life. My thoughts create my results in my business, in every single area of my life then there's some blind spot that I'm not seeing. And maybe I need to go hire a coach. Hint, hint. (laughs) You'll always have the information at the end of this episode and definitely keep your eyes or ears both peeled for the launch of my course where I'm going to break it down for you to stop wanting Mr. or Miss Wrongback to fall the fuck in love with yourself and to find someone better. I use all of these tools on my clients. My clients over the last five years have helped make this course possible. It is time. It will be way more accessible and affordable for to so many of you who reach out to me and say that my price for one-on-one is too much. I hear you and I am thinking of you and I am working on it as we speak and it is so freaking exciting. I want to heal all hearts everywhere and I want every lonely heart to find their person, but still cure that loneliness with you first. Lean into that loneliness. Loneliness won't kill you. Loneliness isn't a bad thing. Lean into your loneliness. Love your loneliness. At the end of the day, you are always going to, for sure, only have you. You are with you for the rest of your life. And from there, fall the fuck in love with you and find your person. This work works. I've seen it time and time again. It's worked with me. I believe in it so powerfully. And I am not a special unicorn or snowflake. If you've been listening to me for a long time, you know that I was broke as a joke, heartbroken multiple times. And I went from nothing to everything. And I know 1000% it is possible for you. So you can listen to the end of this episode and apply to my six-month one-on-one coaching program, where do you want to be? February, 2021. Do you want to be madly in love, healed, happy, and whole? Then for sure subscribe or definitely subscribe for that free how to stop wanting him back video, but go to the work with me page. And I can't wait to read your application. So much love, my loves until next time. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after. 